so we're back and after the Easter long weekend possibly feeling a little fatter and when it comes to data releases at the end of last week maybe a little confused as well because the payroll numbers from the United States didn't move that much but there's other data suggesting maybe the labour market is weakening a little faster than those numbers let on and yet bond yields are up a little today everything else seems to be suggesting an economic slowdown the US inflation this week uh, that is going to be an important number imagine if that springs up not that it's expected but it certainly could be a volatile short week it's tuesday the 11th of april 2023 it's the morning call from nab good morning well, since Thursday, the US dollar is up 0.8%, the Aussie dollar down 0.7%, the euro losing 0.6%, and the pound down half a percent. Monday share markets, very slim trading with every, you know, a lot of the world off on holiday, but we saw a 0.3% rise in the Dow, the S&P and the Nasdaq dipping ever so slightly into the red at close, and chip manufacturers doing pretty well, but Apple down 1.7% on the news that their Mac computer shipments fell 40% in Q1, but that could change because they've been holding out for their new in-house chip and they've got new releases coming. So maybe it's just a timing thing. Uh, Markets were closed in Europe. They did head up on Thursday, though, uh, when we saw a 1% rise in the FTSE 100 and a half percent gain in the DAX. A lot has happened since then, of course. And bond markets also closed in Europe on Monday, but the US saw 10-year treasuries up two basis points, a bit more for two years. And oil heading south, WTI dipping below $80 this morning, down 0.9%. Brent is down 0.8%, getting almost down to $84. So not sure if we can make too much out of any of that, given that trade is light with the long weekend in many parts of the world. But America was open for business. And now Nabs Rayatral is back at his desk as well. And like everyone, he's absorbing the labor market data from the US on Friday, but also the weekly jobless numbers from the, uh, from the day before. So that uh, jobs data, I mean, it didn't move mountains, did it on Friday, Ray? I mean, 236,000 new jobs for March, a little less than expected. But because of a higher participation rate, we saw the unemployment rate actually fall a bit, going down from 3.6% to 3.5%, which is not what the central bank would like to see. Uh, but what's your take on all of that? Well, uh, morning, Phil. And I can't remember a time when actually the weekly jobless claims numbers were arguably more important than the uh, than the monthly payrolls ritual. So um, there weren't any major surprises in the in the payrolls number, 236K with about 17K's worth of, uh, of upward revisions. So pretty much, uh, pretty much in line, although was flattered a little bit by, um, I think, something like 46,000 uh, government uh, job hirings, but unemployment rate down to 3.5, expected to be 3.6. There's still no evidence. So it's mainly services that are on that. Sorry to interrupt, but it's, I mean, mainly services jobs that, that have increased then, isn't it? Because we saw a 1,000 drop in manufacturing jobs. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. You're right. So and we know that you know, services has been the bright spot, although obviously the, you know, the forward-looking indications, um, you know, both from the ISM services report that we got last week and also the NFIB. Uh, which is a small business survey, their hiring intentions reading for March, which came out at the end of last week, was the lowest in almost three years. So both of those are saying that, uh, you know, service sector uh, employment growth is probably um, is probably headed down in the, in the months ahead, at least. But um, but no, I think what caught the market's eye just as much was that the weekly jobless claims on uh, Thursday night actually contained the annual benchmarking uh, revisions process where they effectively sort of re, uh, recast the seasonal adjustments. And it now says that, um, you know, in the week beginning the 1st of April, um, Jobless claims were actually 246K, not the originally reported 198K. So if you look at the revisions now, it suggests that going back to sort of September, October last year, claims have actually been on a rising trend, which is 
far more consistent with some of the other numbers, like those challenger right. layoff numbers, for example. So, um, you know, it does seem. So that, that would mean that would mean an easing job market, then, wouldn't it? And yet, absolutely, look at the yes. Bonds, yes. Look at the way bonds are moving. It was sort of <laughs> that you know everyone's expecting that the Fed's going to do more. So, well, I think be- that I think you're right. I mean, I think that the reason that that because there was no significant downside surprise in the payrolls report, um, the yeah. market was sort of going into that about 50-50 priced for um, a 25-point Fed funds rate increase at the May the, uh, the May the 3rd meeting. Um, and I think there's nothing in here to dissuade the market from the view that um, a, rate, a rate rise then is more likely than not. I, the Fed won't have seen enough, pending what CPI um, does reveal and also the PPI numbers later this week. So if you look at money market pricing, we've gone from 50-50 to just over 70% for the May meeting. And I think that's why, you know, so the bond market is pretty much responding the same way with with gains of sort of 10 to 15 basis points again since uh, since last Thursday. So but where, what, what are we seeing in wages? Because we saw no big drop, did we, in those jobs numbers on Friday? So average uh, hourly earnings month on month up 0.3%, which is actually higher than the February. Well, average earnings were down, well, it was 0.3 on the month, but um, but that, that year on year numbers actually ticked down to 4.2 from 4.6% in February, and it was 4.3% expected. So actually, it's telling you that, that earnings growth is getting down to the, you know, if we, if we drop below 4% in, in the next couple of months, I think the Fed will deem that that sort of growth, uh, with making various assumptions about productivity, of course, um, would be in, would be consistent with with um, a two percent inflation target over the medium term. And I mean, there's also been some research as well, hasn't there, showing that there's been an increase in in layoffs as well. So if you know, I, I guess there's if you put a few things together here, the signs that maybe the job market is uh, is, is starting to ease a little bit. No, absolutely. We had those monthly um, Challenger Grey and Christmas planned layoffs data um, last week as well. Uh, they showed uh, was it 89,700 89, planned layoffs. Um, so just if you go back to sort of September, October, we were running at sub 30,000 a month. And now we're running, we're clearly in a rising trend there that's uh, somewhere between, you know, probably 1,600,000 a month. So that, again, is, is a, a reli- uh, has historically at least been a reliable lead indicator of, of an of eventual uptick in the unemployment yeah. rate. But uh, as you rightly note, you know, the unemployment rate is not showing any signs of of movement now. But I mean, the other just broad point to make is that, you know, maybe this payroll report reflects a sort of pre-banking crisis world. And, and we know exactly. that credit conditions are in the process of tightening significantly. And uh, so to some extent, there's a, there's a little bit of old news probably in those uh, in those March uh, payrolls numbers. Yeah. And also Canada, of course, they had their job numbers out last week as well. 35,000 new jobs in March, up less than 22,000 in February, but uh, just 12,000 expected. So actually, over there, the labour market not getting any looser. No, that's right. And remember, the Bank of Canada meets this week, and I'm just looking at mm. money market pricing. On um, uh, you know, there's there's nothing priced. In fact, there's a tiny amount of easing price. But um, you know, the Canadian market's been been closed um, Friday and, and Monday as well. I think so. Um, maybe you haven't had a full chance to react to that. But uh, I don't think it's going to uh, it's going to shift the Bank of Canada from their sort of um, you know their sort of on hold provisional their on hold pending um, you know data that says that they don't need to raise rates again. But certainly, no signs of weakening the labour market get as such so it's not inconceivable that uh, at some point the bank of canada has to uh, has to tighten again not our expectation but um another strong labor market number for sure 
So, okay, so uh, the big number, of course, this week is US CPI. Uh, but as I say, you know, the, the, the markets are all, almost suggesting more tightening by the Fed because uh, we've got, you know, bond yields a bit higher, shares down, the US dollar higher. Uh, it all does hinge, though, on that inflation number, the middle of the week, isn't it? It is expected it's going to go down, at least, you know, sort of the core read month on month. But what if it doesn't? But, uh, well, you know, there's going to be a few overs and unders, I think, in there, because the headline number is expected to come down sharply from, what, 6% to 5.1%. But that's largely the sort of base effects of uh, of energy prices basically being, you know, lower um, in, in March than they were in March last year. But um, actually, just looking at the survey consensus, it looks like for the core, so ex-food and energy, it's seen up 0.4 on the month, which would actually see the year-on-year rate creep up from 55 to 5.6. So, again, there'd have to be a very significant downside surprise, I think, to, to get the market to to shift its, its thinking to say that the Fed is, is is much less likely to raise rates on May the May the third. Well, the New York Fed's Consumer Expectations Survey, which is out this morning, not that there's been much reaction to it, but it's got uh, inflation expectations actually rising half percent up to four point seven percent this uh, uh, over over the coming year, which is the first rise since October. Uh, so, you know, uh, but as I say, not much responsibility. They're also seeing a tightening in credit. And that's the other side of the equation here, isn't it? When we were seeing bank lending down, credit is more difficult to, to, to get hold of. Uh, you know, there's going to be a slowdown. Hence, we're seeing this fall in shares. We're seeing a, a, a big drop in oil prices as well this morning. No, absolutely. So I think that, you know, despite that rise in bond yields, which I think is just a sort of mechanical reaction to, um, you know, to the fact that, uh, you know, that a May rate rise now seems far more likely than not. Um, you know, we know credit conditions are, are tightening. And, you know, on the other side, at least in terms of, you know, banks drawing on the various Fed facilities, the liquidity facility and that new um, bank term funding program, the outstanding amounts actually fell last week. It's down to about 149 billion from 153 billion. But, um, you know, but against that, we've still got news of pretty heavy outflows from banks, um, particularly into the likes of money market mutual funds. And that is going to be an ongoing source of, uh, of stress. And then remember, bank earnings season kicks in this week. We've got yes. First Republic Bank tonight. Obviously, they were the ones that had that sort of forced deposit injection from the big banks. And then we've got, um, I think we've got Wells Fargo, City and JP Morgan. So that whole issue of of deposit flows and tightening credit conditions are going are, are gonna to take up a lot of uh, a lot of column inches, I think, in the newswires um, over the next sort of few days or so. And uh, so I think they're, they're probably, alongside those US CPI numbers, the most important development in the week ahead. Well, uh, quickly before we look at uh, th- that week ahead and what we've got today as well. So uh, Governor Ueda has got his feet under the table at the Bank of Japan. He said this morning, well, he's going to continue basically doing what uh, Governor Kuroda did. So uh, more yield curve control, uh, no rate rises. Uh, but, you know, maybe it's working because we've got a big fall in household spending in, in February in, in Japan without pushing rates up. I mean, and we're seeing the yen down quite a bit this morning. Aren't we? It's down almost 1% actually in the last 24 hours. So I think it's, uh, it's a, it's you know, catch up to the rise that we've seen in, in US uh, bond yields, which are up sort of over 10 basis points in 10 years since uh, since last Thursday, at least. But also, as you say, Bank of, um, New Bank of Japan Governor Ueda has been speaking. And, um, you know, I th- it's always a little bit cryptic. And I think you have to be careful how you interpret these, because what he's saying is that um, it's appropriate to continue with yield curve control. The yield curve is smoother than before. And that big rate increases aren't possible for now. But then gone on to say that, um, you know, early indications from this year's wage talks have been good so far and that it's entirely possible underlying inflation will reach the, the 2% Bank of Japan goal. So I would suggest his remarks 
probably rule out any change in policy at this month's, uh, the April meeting. Uh, but I'd still say um, that but June or July are, are both strong contenders for some sort of tweak or abandonment of the YCC policy. But again, we're still waiting for, you know, the final details of all of this year's wage negotiations, I think, before Bank of Japan might be minded to say, OK, we think we're there with the with sustainable 2% inflation. We actually think we're already there looking at underlying inflation measures, which are closer to 4%. But uh, we've got to play the, you've got to play the, the, the proverbial man, not the ball on these things, haven't you? Yeah, now you have, of course. Now, Christina Lina uh, Georgieva, uh, the Managing Director of the International Monetary Fund, and, uh, saying this morning that global growth is going to stick around 3% over the next five years. And she's saying central banks should stay the course. That's the advice she is offering if uh, if central banks are looking for that sort of advice from the IMF. But 3%. Well, it is the, you know, let's know that 3% for five years is their lowest, is their weakest medium-term inflation forecast, I think, since 1990. So, um, and saying that growth will be probably sub 3%, which would be, you know, if you look at a world growth chart, you'd say that, you know, Three percent is barely trend, effectively. So they're saying that you know for the next five years, you know, global growth could be at or a little bit below trend. Um, at the same time, they're still saying central banks have got to be all in on inflation. And uh, just going back to the U.S. discussion, you know, we talked a lot about the labor market, but if this isn't translating into lower inflation, it's not going to mean anything as far as uh, the willingness of the Fed to, uh, to to shift its bias from from hawkish to to sort of more neutral and uh, potential rate cuts later in the year. Right. Today, uh, well, obviously, the, I mean, this week, uh, that, that US inflation number is the big number. Also, the PPI numbers and retail sales data as well. Uh, we get China inflation later on today, the US uh, NFIB small business survey. And locally, the uh, the NAB business survey is out today and the Westpac Consumer Confidence Read as well. Yeah, both of those have been important. Obviously, there are you know, no indications on the uh, on the survey, but that there has been, you know, and talk, talk all those numbers that the RBA says it's been looking at, you know, one of which was uh, was the business survey, including NAB's. Uh, we certainly think that still sits on the side of the ledger that uh, that argues for higher rates, um, you know, both on the inflation side and uh, and on the sort of business activity side. So uh, interested to get an update on that today and and also consumer confidence. So, yeah, I think they'll both be worth a worth a mention. Yeah, and it is a short week, but uh, some big numbers in there. So it could be a choppy week as well, couldn't it? It's, uh, no, absolutely. So uh, as I say, it's probably a little bit liquidity constrained, given that uh, school holidays are on, etc. And so not everybody's at the desk. But uh, as I, say, I think those, I would point to those bank earnings later in the week as as probably yeah. um, you know taking over a little bit of the mantle in terms of sort of market volatility from some of the uh, the economic news. Well, that is where we are this morning. Good to talk, Ray. Catch you again soon. Will do. Thanks, Phil. And that is the morning call for this morning. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then.